ladies and gentlemen, this is day seven of Cast a Day 2017. This means we made it through a full week together. I, I hardly can't believe it. Thank you so much for, for sticking around. I've had some amazing guests, and I am really just honored that these folks came on this show to share their stories with you. Today, on day seven, I have Suzanne Walker, the writer of Mooncakes, one of the best web comics out there right now. So definitely give that a listen. For those of you that listened to yesterday's show, you heard some exciting news at the tail end that you may not have known about, which is that since last we spoke, aka me, is teaming up with Versus the Universe for the Geek Show. So those kind folks have agreed to let Dolores and I do a resnaculous segment during the Geek Show happening on June 22nd at Stage 773. Tickets are available, and best of all, they're free. What do you got to lose but some time hanging out with your old pal Matt? Come on through, celebrate my birthday with me, it's going to be a great time and you're going to you're going to get to see those faces and expressions that Dean makes live and in person. So come on, dude, it's going to be great. For now, though, you're going to enjoy this conversation with Suzanne Walker. She's such a cool person, but I'm not going to tell you about that right now. I'm going to tell you about that a couple of hours ago. I've created a podcast time paradox. You're welcome. On with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Since Last We Spoke. Thank you for following Cast Today. This is day seven. And my guest today is the one and only Suzanne Walker. How are you, Suzanne? I'm doing well. I'm doing pretty well. How about you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, going a little nutty from having a, a podcast published every single day this month. But, you know, it's 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 coming along. It's, it's working out. <laughs> I, can, I can see that. I can see that. So I, I do have the one thing I do want to ask. How did the whole cast a day idea come about ah the interviewer has become the interviewee i see how you <laughs> do uh well it just came from a um a place of i you know I, I i had this podcast gcpd the games comics and puppy dogs podcast uh with my buddy archie easter we would do it every other week you know we had a nice little schedule going on but life intervened he got a new job he got super busy i got busy it was just always something so I just started podcasting uh, a couple years ago in June, just mm-hmm. sitting in front of a mic, just talking about whatever, talking to my wife, talking to my friends, and I wanted to see how long I could make it go. And I thought feasibly, okay, I could do this for a straight week, no problem, you know. But I really wanted to challenge myself, so I go, how about I just do it for a whole month? We'll see how it goes. And it's just kind of like my love letter to podcasting because. So many people more interesting than I get on the mic consistently and do this. I'm like, the least I can do is do a month of just pure content and just see what sticks and get to talk to some folks that I haven't talked to in a long time. So, yeah, it's just a little uh, it's it's a marathon, but it's fun. Cool. Well, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And you are officially part of Cast Day 3 now. So this is great. Excellent. <laughs> So to tell the listeners at home a little bit about what you do, uh, you are the writer of this amazing webcomic called Mooncakes. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Mooncakes has been, oh, we are coming up on the two-year anniversary. We're, well, we're, okay. We're coming up on the two-year anniversary of when we announced it. It was launched officially in October 2015. So that's... Okay. 
weird to think about. We've been doing it for that long. <laughs> well, that's good. There's that consistency I was talking about. Let's let's talk a little bit about where the idea for Mooncakes came from. Um, for those uh, that are listening, once again, that may not be familiar with the comics, uh, first of all, you should be. Secondly, uh, <laughs> it's about uh, the adventures of a witch and a werewolf and their friends and family and just all these amazing things going on in their lives. And it's just such... It's a precious book. Uh, I can't even call it a book. It's a precious comic, <laughs> web comic, <laughs> what have you. Uh, and you just read. You need to read it for yourself. So where did the where did the inception for uh, Mooncakes come from? Well, it actually came from um, a submission to a comics anthology that uh, my co-creator uh, Wendy Shu, who draws the comic, um, she and I had wanted to work together on a comic project for a while at that point. And um, there had been a call for submissions to an anthology about, I think it was queer paranormal romances. And so we were bouncing ideas around trying to think of something we could submit. And uh, we, I don't at this point quite remember how we came up with Nova and Tam, but um, the idea of, uh, um, witch and a werewolf um and we wanted uh we just wanted a lot of happy gay stuff happening um and i think from the outset they were both always going to be chinese american um tam was tam is genderqueer tam is the werewolf um Mm -hmm. and that was always going to happen and then around a month after we started really like trying to put together ideas and concepts, I came up with the idea to make Nova hard of hearing uh, because I myself am hard of hearing. And I realized I'd never really like had written a character who had the same disability that I did before. Um, so we worked that in and we just, we were having so much fun with um, the idea that we decided that even if we didn't get accepted to the anthology, then um we would just launch it as a webcomic. And at that point, I think it was originally, I think the original pitch was for a three to five page comic. Mm-hmm. And it has obviously grown significantly since then. Um, I think the original idea was just sort of Tam returning back to uh, Nova's hometown after years of being away because they had been very close friends in childhood and Tam's family moved away and just sort of their reunion. Um, and uh, as it turned out, we did not get accepted into the anthology. Um, and we were like, okay, let's just do this ourselves. And from there, we had the freedom to uh, grow the story, come up with a lot more ideas. I think that's the point when most of the other characters kind of became conceptualized and then that's where we are today Straight um, up, it was their loss they really should have uh, <laughs> reconsidered that because well, you know the, the strip is so entertaining and, and wendy's artwork is just so crisp and clear and and just gorgeous and it pairs so beautifully with the story that you guys are telling together that it's just it seems seamless like my some of my favorite comics are the ones that just completely make you forget that you're reading a comic. It makes you feel like you're actually in this world and just observing the characters. And I, I feel like this comic definitely does that. Um, it, it's it's akin, it kind of gives me that same vibe of Steven Universe. And as everybody knows, <laughs> that knows me for five minutes, they know I love Steven Universe. Oh, well, I take that as a very high compliment. Um, I'm 
I'm honestly, I'm really glad that we wound up not getting into the anthology because it would have been a very short and sweet moment as opposed to uh, this this journey we've been on for almost two years now and um, being able to connect with readers and being able to like create single issues of it and keep the story going. And it's just been, it's been a lot of fun and it's been um, another thing about it is that we started it right before I moved away from New York. Um, I had been living in New York for about seven years and then decided I wanted to come back to Chicago because I grew up here and my family is still here. And that was a very emotionally fraught decision because I have a lot of great friends in New York and I was going to miss them. And Wendy was one of them. And so it was a really, it was and is a really great way to sort of keep our friendship another outlet for our friendship and like guarantee that we're going to be talking to each other all the time because we're working on this comic together. <laughs> That's right. But I got it. We're, we're glad to have you back in Chicago though. So thank you for coming. Home. Thank you. Yes. Um, I, I'm glad to be back. Yes. It's been a, it's been a good few years. <laughs> <laughs> so let's kind of talk about um, the, the inspiration to write in general. I know that for a lot of folks, it can be, intimidating myself included what would you uh what would you say to someone considering embarking on the same path that you did back then what advice would you give to someone oh gosh are you, are you talking writing in general or just comics let's 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 stick to comics okay um honestly find other people who want to do the same thing that you do because especially if you're a writer um it's it's just it's not a solitary journey at all. Like when you're doing prose writing, it's just like, you know, you're in your head. This is the story you're writing. There's not really a chance to, well, there are chances to like reach out and talk with other people. Like that's what workshops are for. But in terms of writing, um, it's such a collaborative effort. Um, Like you're always working with an artist and writing comics is very different than any other form of writing that I have done in the past. And (laughs) um, when I was, oh gosh, I want to say this was almost four years ago now, um, a bunch of people I had met through comics fandom um, wanted to start a sort of start a writing workshop group, um, just like specifically for comic script writing. Um, And that was a short and sweet project because we all got, you know, busy and had other things going on in our lives. But for a few months, it was a solid thing that we all did. And it was really helpful just to see other things that other people were working on and get feedback from other people. Um, And yeah, yeah, I'd say, you know, don't be, don't be intimidated. Well, that's, that's, easier said than done um (laughs) comics are intimidating but don't um just find other people to reach out to um and work on your craft with because that's the only way that you're ever going to get better um and something that kelly sue said at some point years ago some sort of writing advice she maybe gave on her tumblr or at a panel i saw her on uh except that your first stuff is going to suck. Like it's just gonna, it's going to be bad. And this is true for yes, me. Same here. <laughs> my first comics 
scripts they were they were just bad they were bad and <laughs> i um i'm glad that they never really saw the light of day but i got feedback from people and i figured out what i needed to do to make them better and found better things to write about so yeah um, those 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 people that give you the the honest feedback are critical because, yes. you know, you have friends that they want to see you succeed. They want to see you do well. And so they're like, oh, yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. You should put it out there right now. And that's wonderful that they're so supportive. But sometimes you need that uh, that acidic friend, <laughs> you know, yes. who, who's well-meaning but doesn't want to see you go out there and fall on your face, too. So, yeah. yeah. Shout out to those people. Those people are critical. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. So... That being said, um, you know, I've, I've been enjoying uh, the strip. I've been enjoying the webcomic uh, ever since. You know what? I actually started reading it after we did the, uh, the Harry Potter con together. Oh, really? Yeah. Because oh, cool. I heard somebody mention that she did a webcomic. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I want to go check it out. And so then I started just like nonstop. And then I got to January and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We've had we've had a little bit of a hiatus going on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So when do you been... when do you think that's going to be uh, back? Are you guys working on some new stuff now? Uh, we're both working on um, some new stuff on our own. Um, I've been very deep into writing a novel draft, actually. Um, and so that's been um, something that I've been focused on. And Wendy has a couple of her own um, pitches and proposals that she's working on developing in terms of graphic novels and stuff. Um, but we are hoping to get back on track sometime in the next couple of months. Um, we, uh, I just finished writing, got through the middle of chapter four, mm-hmm. uh, which we're in terms of what we have up online, we're in the middle of chapter two right now. So, um, the hope is that I get done with chapter five, which is the the whole, which is the first arc. Um, um, be done with chapter five by the end of this month, and we can start uh, publishing new pages shortly after that. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, you know, while folks are waiting for the return of Mooncakes, what are some other web comics that you enjoy? Oh gosh, it's. <sighs> You know, I have to confess, and this is something that I saw somebody on Tumblr, not Tumblr, Twitter, make this joke. It was like, I write comics, so I have no time to read comics. <laughs> yes. yes <laughs> which, has, <laughs> which has been very, very true for me the past couple of years. Um, I There's one webcomic that my friend told me to get into that I just started. Um, I'm not going to, I'm looking up the name of it right now because i can't remember it um it's norse stuff hmm. stand still stay silent is one that uh my friend has been recommending to me for weeks and weeks and weeks um <laughs> it's it's a post-apocalyptic webcomic with some norse mythology elements in it um which is very much up my alley. I think there's also a lot of gay stuff, which I'm also very into. Um, and gosh. Well, no, I definitely feel you on not really having time to invest in 
entertainment when you're trying to craft entertainment. I definitely get yes. that. You know, I, the really embarrassing thing, and this is this isn't even on the comic side, um, but just in terms of like novel or literature in general, comics, novels, whatever. I have not finished a novel in 2017, um, which is really embarrassing because. I love reading. Um, and it's a combination. It's definitely also a combination of what my day job is because mm -hmm. I'm a medical copy editor. And so I spend eight hours a day reading things. Well, you and, know what? I'm going to give you an out because okay. <laughs> I actually, I read one of your pieces on um, the website Women Write About Comics. And you folks should definitely check out Suzanne's pieces on that website. You wrote uh, that article about Hawkeye. And, oh, I talk about Hawkeye for a long time. Yeah, yeah. But at the beginning of that article, you actually touch on the fact that you don't really finish any type of media that you fall in love with. And that is actually something that both my friend Archie and I uh, suffer from as well. <laughs> it's like we'll be playing a great video game and it's so much fun. But we know that it's going to be over soon. So we pace ourselves and then we find ourselves a year later, like, Oh man, you know, I've been leveling up this one character for so long in kingdom hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't remember if I mentioned it in that article, but my biggest sin in that regard is I have still not finished legend of Korra. Oh my goodness. It's oh. been three years. Oh. <laughs> and at first, at first I had a more like, I had a good excuse, which was that I've been watching it with my best friend and we both like our schedules just weren't intersecting and we didn't have time to watch it together. Yeah. And that was that that excuse held water for like six months. <laughs> it's been three years. <laughs> my excuse is usually I, I, I feel like and I know it's not true, but there's a finite amount of entertainment that I know for a fact that I'm going to enjoy. And yeah. so when I find something I like, I'm going to put it on the shelf and save it for later. It's kind of like a break glass in case of emergency for when all of this bland stuff that I check out is not available to me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's absolutely how I feel. And it's it's been it's it's really a bad pattern, and I'm I'm proud of myself. I finally watched the season finale of The Expanse after <laughs> um, several weeks of it sitting on my Amazon Prime to watch list. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, no, that's definitely it's definitely a thing, and it's definitely like uh, I want to be able to savor this stuff, and like you only see something the first time once. Right. Right. Let me exactly. read something the first time once. Yeah. So that is true. Uh, to go back a little bit uh, to your article, like I really enjoyed, as many people did, that Fraction uh, Asia run on Hawkeye. And it got to a point near the end of the run where they, they for some reason, were delaying putting out that final couple of issues mm -hmm. that I just kind of fell off of the book completely. Then they started the new Hawkeye series, and you know, no disrespect to those creators, but they had such a high bar to reach uh, yeah. af after Fraction in Asia that I just automatically knew that, all right, I'm not going to like this. I already made up my mind, like, okay, this is not for me. This is going to be something drastically different, and they won't give me the Hawkeye that I want, so forget it. I'm, I'm done with Hawkeye. But there's actually a little bit something more at stake here than just paltry entertainment. The way that they handled uh, Hawkeye's hearing loss in the uh, the Fraction series, 
I, as a comic fan, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I'm not like the most knowledgeable about every single character. I didn't know that Hawkeye was hard of hearing or that he was ever hard of hearing at one point because the way that the writers uh, depicted him since then, it never really came up. Yeah. Um, I actually did a presentation on this uh, back when I thought that I was going to go to grad school and thought that maybe I would be pursuing disability studies or history with uh, something along those lines. Um, I I gave a presentation on the history of Hawkeye and the history of his hearing loss. Um, And at that point, Fraction and Asia's Run had not gotten to the hearing loss part yet. I think this was early 2013. Mm -hmm. Um, And so at that point, the thesis of my paper was about this trend in comics and in um, just sci-fi fantasy media in general of like curing someone's disability. Like they have the disability, but some there's a way that it becomes magically fixed or cured and it's not a problem anymore. Um, And so with Hawkeye, he lost his hearing at some point in the eighties and there are a bunch of comics that deal with it. And then it just kind of like, you know, comics characters change writers and it kind of fell off. And in the, I think it was early two thousands, somehow the universe got reset and it got everything got like rebooted. Yeah. And I don't remember the details, but in that reboot his hearing was restored. Uh magically. And I think magically. they they re-aged Tony Stark or something like that. There was yeah. a lot of stuff they had to clean up and just sweep under the rug, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so Hawkeye's hearing loss was totally gotten rid of in that. Um and the thing that and, and So the presentation I gave sort of traced that. And at that point, because Hawkeye, not Hawkeye, Fraction in Asia hadn't announced anything, um, I focused a lot on uh, the fan fiction that had come out in the wake of the first Avengers movie and the fact that all of these fan writers had, like, dug into the history of comics and discovered that Hawkeye had this hearing loss and were writing fan fiction that depicted him with a hearing loss, even though it hadn't been in the comics in years. And to be fair or not fair. Yeah. To be fair, like the people who are writing these fanfic aren't reading the comics necessarily. Like they enjoy the movies, which is absolutely nothing wrong with that, but not everyone is going to be like digging through the corners of the internet to try and find a bootleg copy of the Hawkeye hearing loss issues, uh, which I definitely did. <laughs> um, but I don't know where I was going with all of that. Just that this was, Oh, that this was something that I sort of like became a interest of mine and that I did a lot of research on because of the personal connection with it. And I was not expecting at all that uh, they would bring it back. Neither was I. And I was I, I was very impressed with the way that the book handled that, uh, including the uh, the sign language, the ASL that they were using uh, in yeah. some of the pages. It, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure it inspired many other readers as well, but, you know, you just wanted to go back, and if you don't know ASL, you want to check. Like, are they getting this right? Is this exactly what it should be? Just, you know, folks are analytical like that. 
And mm-hmm. fortunately, they were pleasantly surprised, like I was. You know, it, they really <laughs> did it justice, that situation. Um, what I think is cool is that, you know, going back to Mooncakes, your character Nova is, uh, she's hard of hearing, and that's worked into uh, her character in the way that she has to uh, specialize in nonverbal spells so they don't uh, mess up her, her hearing aids, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and that was something that I felt really strongly about including, and also in terms of including as it not being like a major plot point or like a big deal. It's just like something that's a part of her character. Um, because I, I love what Hawkeye, I keep saying what Hawkeye did with Hawkeye. Fraction <laughs> and Asia did with Hawkeye. Yes. Um, and I love the way the story was told because it was so like it was so relatable to me. Like the way that he's like ashamed about his hearing loss and that he doesn't want to have to like acknowledge that he needs help from people or that he needs to wear his hearing aids. Like I can really relate to all of that and it's a big thing. But I also and I'm glad that that story was told because that's not a story that I have ever seen told in that way before. Um, but because we have that. I also want to see stories uh, just like characters with disabilities existing and characters with hearing losses just like going about their daily lives. And there are some things that they have to tweak a little bit, like doing nonverbal magic instead of verbal magic because of what happens with the electronics feedback. Um, but I really enjoy just having that be a facet of her character and not it being front and center what we're focusing on. Definitely. Definitely. And again, I just really enjoy this series in general and I want to thank you, Suzanne, for coming on the show. Mm -hmm. I implore everybody to go check out Mooncakes. Keep an eye on Suzanne and Wendy's uh, Twitter and tumblr and everything and we'll put links to all that up for you guys to check out see what they're doing next i guarantee it's going to be of quality i'm sorry if i'm putting you on the spot right now uh, <laughs> oh that's i thank you so much thanks for having me on here this was this was a lot of fun all right yeah it was it was great talking to you and folks thank you so much for listening and we will speak to you tomorrow take care